what that sound means? It's your boy, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from the top of my house, two flights up from the kitchen where I have breakfast and where I sometimes have lunch. I got to go all the way up to the top of the house, to the attic. It's your boy, Tommy D. The show is called Philanthropy and Focus. The mission is to help nonprofits tell their story and amplify their message. I've been doing this. This, I believe, is the 86th episode on a Friday morning. That means that's 86. Probably, I think there might have been one or two shows we had a second nonprofit. So it's 86, 87 stories that have been amplified in the attic. And that's what it's all about. Look, I'm passionate like you wouldn't believe about this sector. I'm passionate about what nonprofit does. I believe wholeheartedly that if it wasn't for the nonprofit sector, much of this work does not get done. The social services work, the 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 food pantry, the work like organizations like Friends of Karen, who we're going to talk to two of the leaders of the organization today, it just doesn't happen, okay? There's no one out there to do this work if it's not for the nonprofits. And there's thousands of nonprofits doing incredible work. And I know when I talk to nonprofit leaders, they say, look, Tommy, it's not about us. It's about our volunteers. It's about our staff. It's about our board members. Of course it is. But I can't fit them all in the attic, so I have to limit how many people we bring to the attic. It is a virtual attic, I got to say. Just look, you know, if you're only listening, then you didn't know the folks that come on my show are not actually in my attic. Anyway, let's just leave that on the side. I'm in the attic. I've been doing this show for a while. It was a, it was in my mind way before it actually became a physical reality. And I think like um, like most things in life, and I've been saying this the last couple weeks, as I look around the attic or you look around the room you're in, everything there started out as a figment of somebody's imagination, just an idea. So for two years before the show started, I walked around talking about philanthropy and focus as a thing that had not yet existed. So I challenge you, if you want to start a business, a if you have an idea for a piece of technology, if you want to make an impact, if you just want to go out and do some volunteer work, create that, go do it, make it happen. Don't wait. I think I got 50 years left on this planet but I don't know, so I'm not holding out. I'm just getting it done every single day. And I encourage you to do the same. It's not about me. It's about what we can do together as a community. So really, without further ado, I will get into introducing, first of all, before we even do the introduction, Judy, Leslie, good morning. How are you? Welcome to my show. Welcome to my attic. What's going on? Good morning. It's such a beautiful day. We're so excited to be here to be part of this and thank you tommy for recognizing friends of karen i'm excited leslie thank you thank you judy that was judy leslie good morning how are you good morning this is leslie and i'm thrilled to be here i had the pleasure of meeting you a few weeks back and it was a great a great day so i'm looking forward to uh being in your attic with you <laughs> thank you and i will tell you we talk i talk a lot about shout outs i talk a lot about being the nonprofit sector connector and look i was at an event Shout out to my friends, Mike D'Onofrio, Vinny Papalardo, Premier Payroll Services. They do an event each year, and uh, it's a golf outing. We play at the Rockville Lynx in uh, Rockville Center, Long Island. It's nine holes, which it, for, for those golfers out there, that's like, for me, that's the perfect number of holes because I don't need to play 18. That's a whole long stretch, but you play nine, and then we go back to the clubhouse, and we have you know some lunch, excuse me, some dinner, um, and we network, and we meet people. And I had the opportunity, as Leslie says, I walk back in, and I'm... You know, I'm a little extra, people might say. I'm a little extra. So I come in and it's the Tommy D show and whatever. And I go, I, I Leslie, I met you and one of your colleagues, right? Lexi. What, what, what was her name? Lexi Latino. Lexi. So, philanthropy manager here. 
I met and I we were chatting up, chatting it up, and I was buying the tickets, the raffle tickets. I, I won something. I always win something. I'm very good at that that raffle game. I'll tell you. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because I buy a whole bunch of tickets. I think it's probably part of it. But I like to think it's like I have this deal with the universe, and I just win stuff because I like put it out there. It could be both, but I definitely buy a lot of tickets. So I will say that was a great opportunity, and I was like, you should come on the show. And we should talk about Friends of Kettering because I knew somebody in the past who used to work with your organization for a number of years, way before I had a show. And when I saw you that day, I said, let's make it happen. And that's what brings us here. So I want to read a little background. It, this is a, um, it's sometimes it's a different dynamic when there's three of us in the conversation. So I'll sort of, I want to just freestyle together and and you both can work in tandem and figure out who's more set to answer certain questions as we go through this. But as we talk about leading up to it, and my friends and people who pay attention to this program know, it's it's about the leaders, it's about the organization, we get into programs, who you're helping, how are you helping, and then ultimately, how can we help you back? It's pretty basic stuff. Um, so Leslie Bellissimo is the New York Metro Regional Director, and I have to do that with my hands when I say a name like Bellissimo because it's just I don't I don't even try my fingers just get up like that and they and they do that. <laughs> you pronounce it so well. I, thank you. I practiced. And and Judy Factor is the executive director of the organization has been for fifteen years. You were telling me earlier this morning. So so. All the answers are here in the virtual room, in the attic. All the answers are here that we're going to get through today. So I just want to read something real quick, and then we'll get and we'll get into this. So Friends of Karen was started in 1978 with one ill child, 16-year-old Karen McGinnis, and the visionary founder of the organization, Sheila Peterson. Sheila's goal was to help families of children with life-threatening illness with the vital emotional and financial support that they needed to emerge from the health crisis stable and whole. Look, nothing more... Well, I shouldn't say nothing, but it's certainly super challenging when a child becomes sick and ill. We, you know, for those of us who have either experienced it in our families personally or our extended families or just a friend of ours that that we know who's gone through that, your world, your life gets thrown into a whirlwind, right? And it's like, let's just assume in a perfect scenario, there's two parents and maybe one of the parents has to now take on this role of caregiver, right? But now that maybe that income is gone. So there's all these different ancillary challenges that occur when a child gets sick because somebody is now bringing the child to services and doctors and specialists and all this type of stuff. So I, I'm aware of organizations that do the type of work you, you all do. I'm incredibly grateful and compassionate for what you all are doing. So I'd like to start off with really, Judy, if you can start the background of, of this organization, let's really understand where it all came from. And, and if you can, like, let's weave in a little bit about your background, too. Okay. Well, I am very proud to be part of Friends of Karen for the last 15 years. Um, and the organization, as you mentioned, Tommy, was started by Sheila Peterson. She really was not starting an organization. I think she was really helping her neighbors that had a child, uh, Karen, who was terminally ill. Karen um, wanted to come home from the hospital. She had been there for a year. She had a a genetic disorder that left her unable, needed 24-hour care. There was nothing more that could be done. The doctors wanted Karen to go to a rehab. There was nothing available for a teenage girl, and the parents wanted her to come home, but they had expended all of their resources. So Sheila Peterson, a visionary woman, 
reached out to the community. No social media in those days in 1978. So she did it the old-fashioned way. She spoke to people. She got articles written in the newspaper. And kind people, just as we reach out today, kind people contributed $38,000. That was in 1978. So you could imagine um, what that was it paid for 24-hour care for Karen for the 11 months that she was alive. And um, unfortunately, while she was terminally ill, she passed away 11 months later. The doctors hadn't even given her that much time. But Sheila said this was her rationale. When you provide emotional and financial support for parents of a child who is catastrophically or terminally ill, the parents then have more time to love. So, I mean, just basic um, human compassion and the kindness of people in the community sustained Karen and her family for those days and gave them even under those circumstances, a good quality of life. So when Karen passed away, people reached out to Sheila. They gave memorial contributions, but they reached out to Sheila and they said, here's another child who could use her help. So what started with one compassionate, kind neighbor has led to friends of Karen almost 44 years later helping 17,000 children so thousand children yeah and that's you know that's the ill child and the siblings because one of the things that we say is that um it's every member of the family is affected when you have an ill child so friends of karen takes a holistic approach and we help families right we look at the impact of the illness on families what's changed is of course that Um, Now, through medical science, so many more children are surviving. So when Sheila said more time to love, yes, more time to love. But the trajectory, so many more of our children survive. In those days, any child with a cancer diagnosis or others, there was no hope. But now, you know, life is different. And we've adapted our services, you know, with the same fundamental to help families thrive to embrace the whole family but you know we have different you know different concerns it's friends of karen obviously in, in this time period has morphed into quite a different organization uh, i think anything look i know one other institution that happened to be founded in 1978 tommy d so i know things evolve <laughs> over a 44 year period i know things do evolve yeah, right. I've evolved I've evolved in the last 44 hours but I think we all are continuously changing and evolving and as they say this big word we used in, in the COVID era pivot right we all pivot to now serve what's needed either in our businesses in the marketplace or in certainly in philanthropy when we're serving those who as organizations we serve we are going to go to a break in a second but before we do that I want to say this you, you talk about Sheila Peterson and her as a visionary leader who saw an opportunity and reached out to her community and did this, what I call grassroots, what we call grassroots fundraising, community stuff, right? I I have a friend of mine, Maheen Kaleem, who works with an organization called Grantmakers for Girls of Color. And we talk a lot about bringing philanthropy 
back to its roots. Not that philanthropy is just corporations maybe writing checks. Philanthropy starts in communities, communities who know what they need, who know how to support each other and can do the things and do the work. I want to read something. This is something that I, I, I think about a lot. And it's something that you just said, Judy, to made me think of it. Margaret Mead, never underestimate the power of a small group of committed people to change the world. In fact, is the only thing that ever has. It is the only thing that ever has. And that gives me chills right now because that's the deal. It's not to say like what I do is is great or whatever, but I want to give a platform to organizations like yours because I feel that's my mission and that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So if you are out there, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, children of all ages, if you're out there and you want to change the world, do me a favor, just do it. <laughs> just kind of lean in and do the thing you want to do. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for next week. Just go out and make the change you want to be the change in the world. Go do it. Leslie, when we come back, I want to get you into this conversation for sure and really talk about, you know, from a local level, some of the things. But we're we got 40 more minutes together. We're going to get into this. We're going to get into programs. We're going to get into what we need. So this show is called Philanthropy and Focus. I'm called Tommy D. Judy Factor is here. Leslie Bellissimo is here. I'm going to do it every time. Every time I see you, oh, in, I'm going to do it. Bellissimo, Bellissimo. <laughs> be right back. We're taking a quick break because you don't want to hear me sing. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. <laughs> the song says attic i like that that's funny i know that it was going to say that it's my song all right we're back tommy d in the attic philanthropy focuses the show shout out to mick collins jen capeza checking in on facebook mick you always got my back i appreciate it mick takes my buddy mick collins pay it forward processing he puts the 
the link for the website for friends of Karen. He's sharing all this stuff on Facebook for us as we have the dialogue because I want to be right here in the zone. And I got people on my team to, to really make sure that things are happening. So you all should probably know Mick paid for processing near merchant processing company. So credit card processing, but they give back the net proceeds to nonprofit organizations. So we'll have to be connected to Mick the whole thing. So let, let's talk. We, I understand the background of the organization. We talked about the, the genesis, um, you know, Judy or Leslie, whoever wants to kind of share with me, what does it look like day in and day out? I mean, we're, we talk about providing, you know, financial, emotional support. And, you know, I can guess what that means, but let's not guess. Let's share with me that. Leslie, you want me to take that question? Yes. Um, Friends of Karen has a professional staff of social workers, child life specialists, and art therapists. And every Friends of Karen family, that's what we call them, the majority of the families who come to us Oh, we, so Judy, we lost you for a second. We, we hope that you'll be back. So we have child life specialist, Leslie, it's you and me, child life specialist, um, family oh. therapist, art therapist. Talk this to me about it. Oh. oh, Judy, we lost you from, we lost you, Judy, you're back with us. Oh, good. Anyway, sorry about that. Okay. Um, anyway, that the, we have child life specialists, art therapists, social workers, and the families are referred to us from the hospitals, all the hospitals in the New York tri-state area that have a pediatric oncology or a transplant unit. So the big hospitals in Long Island, um, the Cohen, Alexander, Stephen and Alexandra Cohen's Children's Hospital, Stony Brook, Sloan Kettering, you, you name it. They're referred to us. Every family is then matched with a social worker that becomes their person. They get to know them. They get to know what they need. Um, we do a whole assessment because we don't have a one-size-fits-all approach. We really adapt our services to the needs of every family. We don't have any kind of income level um, to qualify for Friends of Karen's support. And all of our support, we provide financial support, emotional support, um, all kinds of things offered at no cost to our families. And we support about five or 600 families a year and about at least 20 to 25% live in Nassau and Suffolk County. So, and then about a half of them live in the five boroughs of New York City. So they, we provide, they have a person. So we, you mentioned earlier, we, there's loss of income as a result of a child's illness. So I spend a good deal of my time paying bills, rents, mortgage, um, food, transportation, you name it. We have funded absolutely everything, beds, um, everything. And, but mostly we look at the impact of the illness, the support that a family needs, the siblings. We have a sibling support program with our therapists. We really embrace the whole family with a blend of financial and emotional support. What you would want a best friend to do if you were had an ill child. I always say Friends of Karen is the greatest organization. I hope you never need to know but if you have an ill child, you really need the experience, support, guidance of our organization. 
Yeah, thank you for all that. I, I mean, I have so many ideas and so many introductions I want to make for you. <clears throat> I'll try to leave that to later on. But I, I, how does somebody get in touch with the organization if they have a family member? So let's I understand that the referrals may come from social workers or or nurses in, in pediatric oncology or, or, you know, or the child life specialists in the hospital systems. But what, is if a family if I knew a family friend here in the neighborhood, how do I engage them with your organization? I would say um, the best way is look on our website. There's a link right on our website, friendsofcaron.org. Um, we have some an intake coordinator, Estelle. Uh, there's her phone number is right there. You can call her, tell you her your situation, and we have an application process. We look at the kind of help a family needs. They have to a family needs to live in our communities. We work in New York, um, out to the eastern end of Long Island to Sullivan County, the Hudson Valley and five boroughs of New York, northern New Jersey, and southern Connecticut. So if you live in our service area and you have a child with a life-threatening illness, um, you can call us and we will, we're very prompt. We respond quickly. We're the kind of organization that never says no. We never turn a family away that is a meets our qualifications because if you have an ill child you cannot be on a waiting list no. there's no waiting list with illness and it could be at any point when a child is first diagnosed when they're relapsed at any point lots of families are reluctant to ask for help but you really need somebody by your side who can guide you we're really the bridge from the home to the hospital so that's what we that's what we do but yes. also, Tommy, to answer your question, who would you call? You could call me. You have my number, you have my email, and I would certainly get you in touch with or get that phone number to that family. So you you help navigate. I mean, you're you're you are the you are the agency. Every everybody who's in your agency is the agency, right? I mean, I know I have a friend and I maybe because I just saw her pop up on Facebook, but I'm thinking of her right now. My friend Jen Capezza from Long Island Against Domestic Violence. You know, when you work in these organizations, you know, no matter what your role is, you are a resource to the people who need your services. You know, everybody from the front door receptionist to the executive director and everywhere in between, you're a representation of that firm. And I, and if you're young, if you're if you're a young person and you're listening, think about that. You know, you ever heard? Have you heard that story about? Um, <clears throat> The, the gentleman, it, I don't know if it's a true story or if it's just kind of a parable, but, you know, the young man who had the job at McDonald's and took so seriously mopping the floor, keeping the store clean, doing the, keeping the place in order and eventually owned a handful of McDonald's, you know, not, listen, those fries are delicious. It ain't healthy food. I'm just like, you know, newsflash, it's not healthy for you. Those fries are really good fries. The point about it is... It's about it's about how passionate you are about what you do and the and the work you have in front of you, right? And and you know, it, you know, I know plenty of people who are are in what are what you would what traditionally might be considered lower ranks in an organization, but they know how important the work is that they do. I think there's another story about a man. This is a, a true one who was mopping the floors at NASA, and he didn't say I mop floors. He didn't say I'm a janitor at NASA. He, at NASA, uh, he said I'm helping us go to the moon. So talk about perspective, talk about point of view. You're part of a team, right? So I'll leave that there. But Leslie, if you have more to add on that. Well, you know, what I wanted to add is everyone listening now should be an ambassador for Friends of Karen. So if anyone knows or hears of a family that needs our help, 
reach out. They could reach out to you who could then reach out to me. So reach out to me. TommyD.NYC on Instagram, TommyD.NYC on uh on the other one, uh TikTok and just uh just write, you know, Tommy D care of the attic, Long Island, New York. And it'll so, no, it won't get to me. It's not like Santa Claus. But you you guys will know how to find me yeah. if you know that. But the organization friendsofkaren.org. Go ahead, Judy, what were you gonna jump in on? I was gonna say to a person, you hit the nail on the head. There is not a person who works for Friends of Karen who does not feel the mission passionately, who is not there because they care about the well-being of the families that we embrace. So you're right. You could go to any one of us, any person, pick up the telephone and call us and we will get you to the right person. As I said, no. And we, what the other thing we say is that no family should ever face their child's illness alone. They need friends of Karen by their side and we are there for every family. Thank you both for what you do. I, I mean, it's incredibly special. I want to just give a, a I'm assuming just because we're Long Island that you probably know my friend Terry Magro from the Michael Magro Foundation. And I, Terry's been on the show with me. I love Terry. I love what the organization is doing. And it's very similar work. So you said, Judy, I pay a lot of mortgage bills. I pay a lot of car notes or whatever. I pay a lot of phone, cell phone, whatever. Right. You know, I, I know the thing that Terry always talks about. What do we need? Just Tommy, no, we need gift cards. I need gift cards. Like whatever gift cards, just something, right? Is that a similar need for your organization as well? Yes, we we do need gift cards, especially for food. We have a special fund, the Seymour Tuttleman Fund that pays for clothing for families. I think one of the things that's characteristic about Friends of Karen is that we do have a professional staff that meets with families in their home or before COVID in the hospital and really works on with them one-on-one. -on -one. And we support a family for as long as they need us. So a child may get diagnosed with leukemia. We have many children with leukemia. And that that uh, protocol is two or three years for kids. Imagine what that does to your life for that length of time. And, and then kids relapse. So we stay with the family for as long as they need us. And we provide both those you know, financial support, which is, of course, essential to keep a family, we say, stable, functioning, and able to cope. But um, we need things, all kinds of, you know, all kinds of things that we do that involve, you know, really grassroots support from the community. Yeah, and thank you for that. I just want to interrupt a minute, yes. Tommy. No, really, don't interrupt. Jump in. Get in I here. I really want to say, though, also when you mentioned Terry Magro is, yes, yeah, she does something very similar to us. And the beauty that I love about Friends of Karen is that we work very well with the other nonprofits that do that. So I had lunch with Terry two weeks ago. We work very well together because we're all here to do the same thing. So we we rely on each other. She supports us. We support their organization. She comes to our events. I go to hers, you know, because we are all in this together. As Judy said, we can't, we want to be there for these families. We want to be the resources for these families so that they can get the help and love that they need. 100%. And thank you for saying that, because that is what this nonprofit sector is all about, you know, globally, nationally, regionally, and then specifically locally. You know, look, this is my world. Uh, somebody asked me, so you're from Long Island? I said, yeah. Like, did like your whole life? I go, I don't think I've left for more than seven days. 
like in a row, like ever. Like I had to think. Go off Long Island. Sometimes. Well, well, yeah, well, that's probably that's part of the reason, man. If I'm going to leave, I leave like 4 a.m. because it is a nightmare. You know, this is an island. God forbid there's ever a, like a real tragedy. We got to get off this island. I maybe I'll swim, and mm-hmm. I'm not a strong swimmer. But I will tell you, um, it, it, it's there is certainly this regional connection. This, but when it comes to the nonprofit sector. And for some reason, it's, it's coming to me, right? Shout out to Ken Serini in the Long Island Imagine Awards. My buddy, I was texting with him this morning, uh, Serini and Associates, but also founded the Imagine Awards. There's such community in nonprofit and not always enough recognition in nonprofit. And I will tell you, that's part of where this show idea came from, was like, I just want to give a platform to nonprofits every single week. Like, and that's only because I can't do it every single day right now, because or else I'd have the show every day. But it's really to do that because what you said, Leslie, about the connection that you have with Terry and her organization. I mean, I want to talk about, you know, Ray Mailer with the uh, Little St. Nick Foundation, which I think if you don't know them, you should know them. I was texting Ray yesterday. We should connect you with that. My friend Kylie McGrain at A Moment of Magic. They are very hooked in. Do you, Judy, do you know Kylie? Have you ever met Kylie? Or a no, moment? I haven't, unfortunately. You, you will. Don't worry. We'll set it up. At the moment of magic, um, she. Uh, we're way over on the break, but it's my show, so I'm going to do whatever I want. So we're, we'll do, Dylan, we'll do a break in a second. So Kylie was a uh, semifinalist in the New York City Imagine Awards. Kylie McGrain, a moment of magic. She was a student up at um, Mount St. Vincent's College mm-hmm. up in Riverdale, I guess. Like a, yeah, I Bronx. think that's where it is. Yeah. And she was, it's a very service-oriented, philanthropic college. I didn't know anything about it until Kylie told me. She was working in a program while in school in the Bronx, and that program, it was an after-school program. She found out she was going home for the holidays that that program had closed down, or was closing down. They lost funding. And she was going to figure out what the next move was when she went back to college late January, February. She's sitting on a couch, watching TV, and the movie Frozen comes on. And her mother goes, Kylie... The blonde hair, big eyes, big blue eyes. You, you look like Elsa. I don't know if she has blue eyes actually, but she goes, "You look like Elsa," and um, that was it. A moment of magic was born, and a moment of magic. These young college folks, both men and women, go into the hospitals to see the children, dressed as princesses, dressed as superheroes. The whole thing. It's an incredibly special. They do. Like they bring gifts, they bring toys, they bring like crafts. I did a day of service with Kylie. We went up to uh packed a bunch of bags. These they call them bravery bags, like a backpack with some toys and puzzles and coloring books and really very special. I'm getting emotional. But we we brought that up to St. Mary's Hospital in Bayside, Bayside, Queens, you know. So there's I I don't know if you've worked, but I'm assuming you have some connection to St. Mary's Hospital, right? Yes, we do. Yes, yeah, we do. an incredibly special program, and you know. That is a place where, unfortunately, these kids are very ill, very sick, and it's a it's a very special place to go. So, but these are the kind of connections. Back to what I was saying, Leslie. It's like you need to know these people because I I see that there's this ob- ob- obvious opportunity for collaboration, and I believe you know when we're all together and we're working together, we're better off, right? That's that's what community is. So we are over for a break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the goings on on a local basis. Like, how do we get involved? How can we help? How can we support? What's what that type of stuff is? And, and I think, you know, Leslie, from a regional perspective on the island, that might be somewhere where you want to take us when we come back. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Yeah, perfect. All right, we'll take a break. This is Philanthropy and Focus. Right back. 
Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Back in the day when I started this show back in the year 2021, I said that, well, when we come back from break from now on, I'm going to make my guests sing this theme song with me. I stopped doing it because it's good. It didn't seem like most people wanted to do it. Now, I will say I love to sing that song. And I, I just I think it's a funny song. My youngest, he loves to sing it and then put silly words to replace the words. But he, he goes, he just likes to say static and attic and he's seven in it. And it's very funny. And I just was at, a, while we were at break, I got a, I got a message on, on Facebook. And I thought of a funny thing where I could go, hold on, hold on. This just in, this just in, you know, when they used to do that, like on the, like on yeah. news, this just in. So this just in my friend, Yolanda, Yolanda Rabano Gross. Has, she says, hello, friend, connect me with these ladies in case the kids need some kind of children's care coordination services. I don't know if you know Yolanda. She's my buddy. She's my pal. Yolanda, we take prom pictures together like this. We When we're at events together, <laughs> she's the CEO of Options for Community Living. She is so special. The organization is so special. There, I'm going to chill. Um, she will be an asset to work with, and so will her team. She's got an incredible team. I was out with them on... I don't know, maybe a couple months ago and at, at their uh, gala. And I think it had something to do with red because I was wearing a red velvet jacket. So I know it was, there was a red theme. I don't remember what it was. Yolanda, correct me on Facebook. I don't know what the heck it was, but it was, a. I knew I showed up in, in a red velvet jacket because why wouldn't I, you know, I, even if it wasn't a red night, I would have worn one anyway. I mean, look at this shirt. So like you need to connect with her. We'll make that happen. But this is it. This is like, just like I say, jokingly, this just in, but this is real stuff. This is how this show, that's why I do this because that's the mission. Now 
I know they run a very special organization around mental health, uh, individuals with HIV and AIDS, people experiencing homelessness. I don't like homeless people, people experiencing homelessness, because let's make it as a right now situation that we can fix, not a definition of a person. And I think I got that right on, Yolanda, in the way we think out there at Options as well, right? So we're trying to solve problems for people. So Leslie, a lot of networking to do after this show. We got a lot of connections we're going to talk about. But why don't you tell us what is going on let's, let's on a regional basis, what's upcoming, how we can get involved. Do you need Italian ices? Shout out to my dad, Ralph's Italian ices in Huntington. Always. Do you need Italian ices for something? Like Always. Up? We'll figure that out. Absolutely. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. My old man, love him. Thank you, dad, for being the ice man. All right. <laughs> You know, just in listening to this this conversation we've been having this morning, the, the, what I want to start off with is our volunteer opportunities. So I wanted to just let you know that we are, uh, our Long Island office is in Melville, right on Broad Hollow Road between the Parkway and the Expressway, so we're conveniently located. We always need uh, volunteers for our events and, and here in the office, but one of the things that we have here on Long Island is an advisory board. So, of course, Friends of Karen has a board of directors, but we also have an advisory board here on Long Island, and they are a group of people that serve really as strategic thought leaders, their collaborators, their networkers with us to help establish Friends of Karen identity, you know, our recognized presence on Long Island, and really help us advance our mission in addition to our program and development goals. Um, we are always looking for new members for that. They really help build what we do here. But the best part about it is from that uh, adult advisory board grew a junior advisory board. So I know, you know, I keep thinking about. Oh, my God. I love it. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, of course, like that's the point, man. You know, you talk about my buddy Ray over at Little St. Nick. Ray got he had a, a sickness in his hips as a child went to the hospital, saw, he was like six years old, saw these other children and he, he was able to leave the hospital. And there's a longer story to that, but the short story is he said, what is going on here? What about those other children? How come they're still in the hospital? And out of that, as a six, seven year old kid, he found the little St. Nick foundation. And now he's like, he's a, I look at him and he's a kid now he's a baby, right? Come well, I'm an old man, but like, I shout out Ray. I love you, my brother. But here's the thing. Like you don't have to be 44 or 54 or 64 or 34. If you want to make a change now and you, and again, having four children, when my seven-year-old Leslie says to me, Hey daddy, when's your next day of service? I want to go with you. What are we like changing the world? It might sound ego, but it is an ego. It's now I know I'm doing the good thing because this kid now at seven is thinking oh. my son in, is thinking in terms of how do I go out and serve? So, so when he gets about, to high school, he's going to join our advisory board. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you the funny story. My oldest, um, I didn't even know there was a community service club at the elementary school. She's now in the middle school, but one day she comes home and she goes, you know, I'm in the community service club. I go, I didn't even know there was one. And I like to think that's because I've exposed them to this part of the world and they see things. My other son, when he's in school, he, um, he helped out, you know, another student and we got a call from the teacher and I asked him first, you know, I said, that was incredible. Thank you. Why we, what, what happened? Tell me the story. He goes, well, I watched the stuff you do. And I thought that's what we're supposed to do is help out other people. And I'm going, no, man, I'm mushy. I'm emotional, but that like, that's it. Like that's so talking to me, I'll stop. Tell me about this junior advisory board. What are the opportunities and how can those young people get involved? 
It's, it really is a wonderful board. It is our junior advisory board. Right now, it consists of high school and college undergrads. So it's freshman in high school to senior in college. Um, they started out with basically children of our adult board, and they, it has just morphed. We um, meet monthly, once a month via Zoom, and we've opened it up to not only Long Island. We opened it up to our entire service area and beyond because so many of our kids that were in the junior advisory board as high school students moved on to college, went away to college. Yeah. Some are in Ohio and Delaware and Boston and New Jersey, and they've brought it to their schools through their sororities and their fraternities, and they do fundraisers for us. So what this group of, of kids do is they, young adults, I should young say. Young adults, yes. Is yeah. they come together. They're the future of Friends of Karen, right? They're the ones that are going to well, be- And they're the future of philanthropy. They're doing it. They're getting involved. That's so special, yeah. So they really, a lot of what they do is spread awareness and volunteer, right? So a lot of them can't necessarily give the money themselves, but they can figure out a way to spread awareness about who we are and what we do, and then also do what little they can to create fundraising opportunities. They just did an amazing um, video for us. A group of them got together and did a video for us uh, all around Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And it's just a, such a special video when you watch it because it's it's these young adults speaking about their commitment to an organization and why and what they are doing and why they're doing it. Where so can we see that? Is there is it on your YouTube page? Is it on a website? So you get get a get that information. Yes, it's actually on all of Friends of Karen's social media accounts. So if you just look us up anywhere, Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, any of them, if you look up Friends of Karen, I uh, think that should be on TikTok. If it's not it already. is on TikTok. It is on TikTok, and it will be on YouTube. So yes, it is an amazing um, video, and especially because it was done by the kids themselves, and it's a really wonderful, um, a, a wonderful way for them to get the word out. Um, but in addition to that, all of those people, all of our advisory boards, help us in so many ways because what they do is they help us do a lot of community events, community events that they run in the in the area. So you mentioned Vinny Papalardo and um, Premier Payroll. He is a member of our advisory board. And so he does that, that on his own, his group puts together that event where proceeds, part of the proceeds comes back to Friends of Karen. And that's why we were there that night to support him in his efforts because he was doing it on our behalf. Um, there are so many other ones. We just had a comedy night, Imperial Cleaning here on Long Island did a comedy night for us on Sunday, this past Sunday night. It was wonderful. Um, but there, but there are schools and organizations around Long Island that really put together many community events for us throughout the year. Of course, we have major events as well. We have um, two events on Long Island that really help drive the revenue for uh, for the for the organization. One is our we call it our Always Gold Gala. It's held every March. I don't know if you noticed, but Judy and I are wearing gold ribbons. I do see that. And, and you know, because I'm so crazy, right away I go, oh, what kind of gold jacket could I get for that event? Like, that's what I just thought of. Like, right away, because Yolanda's checking in. She tells me it was the 40, it was their Ruby 40th anniversary, which right. explains why I had the red velvet jacket on. I want to tell you, if it wasn't their Ruby 40th, there's a good chance I would have had the red velvet jacket on either way. Because I, <laughs> but so gold. Well, our gala is a, is called the Always Gold Gala. And we do that because children, a gold ribbon symbolizes um, childhood cancer awareness. Okay. It is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Um, and so we go gold the month of, of September. Of 
Okay, uh, up to September. March, so our always gold gala, it used to be called the Long Island Gala. And I said, I want to make it a little bit more memorable. So we yeah. called it the always gold gala. Listen, gold is a precious metal and our children are precious. That's the most precious thing in our lives, right? So we wanted to give it a branding and we branded it the always gold gala. So every year, uh, I eventually envision people saying, hey, I'm going to the Always Gold Gala, and people will automatically know it's Friends of Karen. I love um, that. Let's, I know you have another event you want to tell me about, so let's let's hold for a sec on that, because when we come back, we'll talk about the second event, and we'll go into kind of the future of the organization and what you okay. need. But do you have a date for the Always Gold Gala yet? I know you said- March 9th. It is at the Heritage Club at Beth Page. And we do have a theme. It's an evening in Emerald City. So if you call- <gasps> Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. Look, do you know you don't know? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I was the Tin Man in uh. the sixth grade um, disability aware Washington Street School, Franklin Square. You know, represent Franklin Square to this day. <laughs> but I, I was the Tin Man. And I will do... This was how I... Well, I had an audition for the, for, the, for the opportunity. And I said, this was a... Oil can. Oil can. <laughs> See, I still got it. Actually, it's the only it's the only performance I've ever done, although most of my day is a performance. But it's the only thing I've ever done like on stage like that. So the Emerald City, oh my God, how cool could the, the costumes and the whole thing be? All right. We'll come we'll come back. I will March March 9th. It's in the books. Yolanda, you want to go with me to that? You want to go with me to the, the Old East Gold Gala? Put it in the books, March 9th of uh 2023, right? Correct. That's strange to say. All right, we'll be right back, and we're going to talk about the future of the organization. The other big event you have, Friends of Karen, Friends of Tommy D, but Friends of Karen are here, Judy Factor, Leslie, one more time. Bellissimo. We'll be right back. (laughs) Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers... Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. All right, folks. You don't want to have to sing, but everybody today is dancing on the show. So we appreciate that dancing queen. All right. Uh, so from an organization out of the vision of one person's 
imagination and mind to support another family in need that that raised thirty eight thousand dollars forty four years ago to support a family both emotionally and financially in their needs so they could have the opportunity and ability to give love to their daughter to an organization that has grown vastly and hundreds of five to six hundred families are supported on I think you said Judy just on Long Island five to six hundred yeah. families a year no about a, about 25 percent maybe about a hundred 120 a year from Long Island, Long Island. so five to six hundred families are supported a year yeah in, in, in incredible organization incredible growth incredible vision let's talk about the second event you were going to tell me about Leslie locally and then how can we help who do you need you know the obvious we need you know we need dollars but relationships bring dollars. So we could talk more about that from you both in a second, okay? Leslie, take it away. So the second thing that we do is another large event that we hold. We actually have a walk team, or I shouldn't say walk team, an annual run team that participates in the Jovia Long Island Marathon each year at Eisenhower Park. It is part of Nassau County's, one of Nassau County's largest events. It's a three-day event. But 16 years ago, one of the moms of our families um, that we are, were supporting launched this team to give back and thank friends of Karen for the support she received when her son was diagnosed with leukemia. The team, 16 years later, is now part of all three days of the events that take place during the marathon weekend. It is in grown to include families and friends and businesses who want to pay it forward. What we do is we charge a flat registration fee to join, uh, to participate in the three days of the, of the events. But we also ask our participants to then create a fundraising page and to raise awareness and funds for the organization. We get sponsorships from corporations throughout Long Island. We put their logos on the back of a very bright yellow singlet or t-shirt that we give every participant and it really is an, a, a, a wonderful it gives me a wonderful feeling when when each of the events start the 5k the 10k the half marathon the full marathon starts when you see a sea of people in our bright yellow jerseys so it really is um, a wonderful way for families communities and businesses across long island to get involved with friends of karen and give back we also have a corporate challenge that what's the date on that though give me the date on I that i don't one. have the dates for next year yet it's usually the last week in april or the first week in may i think it's may 5th 6th and 7th but i am not sure right, but at least we know time of year it's not coming up this year it'll be in the new year it will be next year yes um actually we're still getting funds in from this past you know this past april which is wonderful um but what i wanted to say is we also have a corporate challenge so what we do is we get corporations involved they don't form their own team, but they get groups of their employees to come and participate in our team. And the group that the business that gets the largest amount of participants and raises the most money wins a four and a half foot trophy that's half my size. And it's it can, it's a traveling trophy. So each year. Oh, it goes like it's like the Stanley Cup. Like once, yeah, like they yeah, put something on it and then they keep it moving, right? Yeah, we keep it moving. So this year, Imperial Cleaning, one of our amazing supporters, won it. They brought the biggest team and raised the most money. They have it prominently displayed in their their lobby when you walk in the building. But I've seen it in, you know, presidents' offices and conference yeah. rooms, wherever. They A little go. bit of bragging rights, you know, that's always fun. It's good to show that corporate social responsibility and what how, how that alliance between business and not for profit you know i mean just yesterday uh ken serini 
Uh, Matt Burke from Serini and Associates interviewed Ken Serini and Eileen Minogue from the Book Fairies uh, on a webinar. Reach out to me, Tommy D, if you want. Uh, we get, I'll hook you up with that if you haven't seen it. But really talking about something I talk about often, what we're doing, the alliances between the for-profit sector and, and the nonprofits as well. Judy, did you have something you wanted to add on that? Yeah, I, I just want to say there are things that are coming up right away that people can get involved. Yeah. And, um, you know, we work across the New York tri-state area. So besides individual kids getting involved through, you know, gold, gold awards for Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, we can get, set up individual things for people to get involved. But we just finished our back to school program where we provide a backpacks and new school supplies for this year. We sent it to about 750 children. But we have our holiday Adopt-A-Family program, which is a very popular um, way to get involved, to give back during the holidays, where we, every friends that care and child, sibling, and especially bereaved children that have lost a sibling over the year, provide a wish list for us. And we match them with a donor who every every child gets a $100 wish list and we actually have volunteers and donors who get matched with a child or a family and provide the holiday gifts for that particular family. Um, We often, I'm gonna say we're probably planning on 950 children um, receiving their holiday wishes in many cases. It's their only gift that they're going to receive. Um, we have a volunteer coordinator, uh, Denise Treadwell, who does that. Many times corporations provide, adopt a number of families. Uh, we also have a Thanksgiving, a huge Thanksgiving program. We provide a holiday meal. KPMG, the accounting firm, is really spearheads that. So there's plenty of opportunities if you want to do something very tangible that will go right into the hands of a family that's extremely grateful. If you go on our website, there's information on all of that. Leslie can provide information. The Things could be delivered to our Long Island office. Um, So there are things that you can do right this minute. In fact, this weekend we have our hot, we have a something called the Journey of the Heart bike tour where we're going to, we have riders, cyclists. We we ride, uh, some of them do 100 miles over the weekend and raise money for Friends of Karen. After this, I'm heading up upstate to, to spearhead that. And we do a lot during September, which is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. But we say, as Leslie said, always gold because we're involved in this 12 months a year, 365 days. 100%. Totally get it. Always gold. We do. We are out of time at this point. So I know. Tell me about it, Leslie. I saw that face. I get it. It's this is the power of the show. We've run out of time before we run out of words. You know, that's just the way it is here. But here's what we do. You can always be a returning guest. That's the, that's what's the fun of my show. So, all right, look, the organization is Friends of Karen. The website is friendsofkaren.org. Judy, thank you so much. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you, Tommy. I'm so glad you're on the show. Leslie, I appreciate you. I appreciate you being my friend. Text me later on because I think you need to know. Do you know Tammy Severino of Girl Scouts of Suffolk County? She's the executive director out there. You said something about scouts. Do you know her or not yet? I do not. Okay, we'll figure that out. Also, my friend Paul Rubin Camp. Good morning. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Do you know Paul? 
Yes, and we do have great connections with Sunshine Camp, that camp. So yeah. all right, we'll get so we gotta talk about all that stuff offline, as they say in the business. Tammy will be on the show where we're working out the details, but it looks like uh, in two weeks from today, Tammy Severino from Girl Scouts of Suffolk County will be here. But let me tell you about next week. My friend Kofo and Kofo, I apologize if I screw up your last name, Anafalaji from uh, an organization back to the grant makers, back to the funders in this one, because it's North Star Fund. And North Star Fund is a social justice fund that supports grassroots organizing led by communities of color, building power in New York City and Hudson Valley. Look, I took a course with the Institute for Nonprofit Practice, as many of you listening have known that. I met incredibly special men and women in that work, and Kofo is one of those people who has become somebody that I learned from just by watching the work that she's involved with, and she's going to be on the show next week talking about how the North Star Fund funds other organizations that are doing work in that social justice conversation. Judy, have a great day. Leslie, make it a great day. Have a great day as well. Look, Shout out to Mick Collins. Shout out to Jen Capeza. Yolanda, my buddy. I miss you. I'll see you on Monday. And everybody else, make it a great weekend. Later. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. 
passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 